Hi, welcome back to the Practically Prepared Podcast. I'm Tyra Baird, I'm your host, and welcome to this week's conversation. We are going to be discussing what to be prepared for. As with any journey, it's important to know your destination so that you can map out the right route to get there. So I'm going to be helping you figure out what you need to be prepared for and how to know what that is for exactly where you live and the likely, you know, likeliness of all of those things that might be coming your way so that you can make the best preparations possible for your family. So join me on this week's conversation. I really look forward to chatting with you. Hi, welcome back to this week's podcast. I have to apologize really fast before we get started because it's been a long time since I've put out a podcast. But I just wanted to let you guys know it wasn't because I forgot about you guys. I just happened to get really, really sick. And so kind of knocked me on my butt for several weeks. Um, I'm grateful for a family, particularly my daughters, who are really well prepared and equipped to be able to run daily life while mom was down for the count. Um, but I'm glad to say that I'm up and going and moving again. No, it was not COVID. Um, we don't know what it was, but I'm glad to be a bit more myself. So I'm re rededicating myself to our conversation and continuing it. Um, but I appreciate you guys listening and sticking around, (laughs) even though I was quite suddenly absent for a while. I'm looking forward, though, to being able to pick up where we left off and continue our conversation. And I'm really excited about this week's um, topic because this is really the backbone of all of all of the preparation you're going to make. And um, it's one that I think a lot of people tend to kind of shortchange themselves on or it's what really hangs people up from getting started in the first place. And. Um, I always think about it in the same terms as taking a vacation. And so that's, that's how we're going to approach this topic of figuring out what you need to be prepared for. So I'm excited that you're here for this conversation. I know it's kind of the beginning of the scariest, uh, part of preparing. If you're new to being prepared, this is where most people kind of get freaked out. So we're going to think about this as a vacation because everyone likes vacation and if you're like me after COVID and being sick and stuck in my house for four weeks I'm ready for a vacation so that's what's on my mind I'm thinking vacation and it doesn't seem like a natural disaster it could be like a vacation but it it could be if you've gone camping just kidding um so we're gonna we're gonna approach things from a very different standpoint um with today's conversation And if you're like me, then hopefully you can relate to why I chose a vacation. Because sometimes a vacation as a mom is not a vacation. So join me in today's conversation. As the mom, vacation planning and preparations generally fall upon me. If you're a mom, you totally know how that goes. Um, This may be different in your family, but in mine, I am the planner. So I have to figure out where are we going, where will we stay, how will we get there, where will we stop, what is there to do, what's our agenda, who needs what to eat, where are we eating, when are we eating, what are the snacks we need in the car, what's going to keep the kids entertained in the car. That The list is huge. If you're a mom, you, you have the internal list running through your head for every trip, 
vacation trip, grocery trip, we all have our little list of this is what we need to have. But there's also, you know, we actually do the packing and the planning and the grocery shopping and all those things. So I have to consider the weather and I have to consider activities and the food and the cost and the mess and all of these other things that, bless his heart, my husband has just doesn't even think about. It's not on his radar. And that's okay. But there is so much that goes into planning and preparing for a trip, especially with a very large family. Now, if a simple day trip or a little vacation to go play at our favorite swimming hole requires preparing snacks and X number of towels and swimsuits and flotation devices and water shoes or f- and then finding them and extra clothes and sunscreen and chairs and first aid kits, why do we assume preparing for disaster emergency is as simple as a one-size-fits-all checklist and kit? Now, don't get me wrong, I'm a list maker and... I live by my checklist and my to-do list. Literally, it is a necessity. I'm pretty sure I have ADD that's gone undiagnosed for a long time. And this is my number one coping skill. But my to-do list might get some of another family's needs completely unmet. But they might work for my family. So I, while I do advocate for having a general checklist as far as supplies and preparedness needs... It's really best to be one that we discern, we determine and discern for our own families. We need to be mindful of our destination, especially before we start diving in to make plans and build kits. So to start off today's podcast, I want you guys to know it's going to be interactive. So first of all, I want you to get a piece of paper, if you can, or use your phone or make a mental list. But at some point, I, I want you to commit to writing it down what we're going to go over. Um, Mindfulness and careful evaluation is really the best key to planning. So I'm going to be asking a lot of questions and I want you to be be willing to be able to pause or re-listen to this a few times. Make that list. Go over it with your family. They should be participating in the process and we'll cover the psychological benefits of, of having them a part of this in another podcast. But having having the time to stop and think about things. What, what do you think you'd really need? What are situations you've been in in the past will help you make a very careful understanding and determination of what you will need. So we're going to start with, hopefully you've got a piece of paper. If you need to pause, go grab one and a pen, but we're going to start. And I want you to write down the potential disasters and emergencies that you know are most likely to happen where you live. These are going to be things you've already experienced or have seen in your community or in its local history. So generally the floods, the hurricanes, tornadoes, snowstorms, earthquakes, hi California, I'm looking at you, Um, all of those kind of things. They're going to be things that are, they're going to instantly pop into mind like, oh yeah, I know I need to prepare for that. Those, those are going to be the first things. All right. So write down those, that list of things for you. Um, cause if it's already coming to mind pretty quickly, the likelihood of it happening is a little bit more likely. And so you need to be more prepared for those, those things. Um, next, once you got those written down, if you needed to pause, um, I want you to write down personal emergencies. This is where people tend to forget that this is all you're you're not preparing for just one disaster. 
you're preparing for life and all of its curveballs. So I want you to write down more of the personal emergencies. House fires, losing a job, power outages, medical emergencies, car accidents. Um, we're in the middle of a pandemic, so sickness, uh, flu, those kind of things. What comes to mind? Those are things that you're also going to be prepared. Because if you're prepared for those you're you're going to be prepared for the bigger stuff too in a sense so um they all go together they all overlap and we want to be aware of what we're really aiming for now you'll be tempted to separate your disasters into different categories but like i said the same preparations are pretty transferable so don't count them out the personal stuff versus the big stuff they're all kind of one in the same um, and they overlap. So think hard. And this is where people really kind of start to, they really have to face their fears and the what ifs. We don't want to think about these things. We don't want to think about the potential of them happening or what we would do or what it could look like. But that's the the first thing you have to do is face the fear. You can't move forward with faith if you're stuck in your fear. So write them down. Don't separate them. Just make a big list of the likely disasters your family may encounter. All right. Take a little bit of time if you need to, to um, kind of sit with and wrestle with that fear a little bit and and get a hold of it. Um, know that pretty much everyone, the, the majority of people survive whatever life throws at them. And the worst case scenario, take that exploration. Now, the next step requires some researching. So most counties and states have a database. By using a simple Google search, you can look for your county, your state, and then add in hazard map. So Google search your county, your state, and then ha plus sign hazard map. And explore what comes up, the links, and, to, and see what your likely risk and specific risk might be. Mine, where I live, I can look it up and they have like a, it looks like a topographical map where they have different layers that you can bring up and it will bring up hazard. So it can show you if you're on a landslide zone and it's very specific, like across the street from me is a landslide zone. My house is not. So landslides, flooding, earthquake, um, all of these different things, some of them really surprised me where I was like, I'm pretty sure I'm going to have to deal with this. But according to the hazard map, it was like, no, you're just barely missing this. Of course, with a landslide across the street. I'm going to be prepared for a landslide. Um, although that's one of the trickier ones to be prepared for. But knowing and looking at what scientific evidence has unveiled for your area can help you be much more specific in what you're looking for. Um, so where I live, I was also surprised to see that the potential earthquake risk, specifically shaking, um, was lower than what I expected, but there were areas of my community that were greater risk for liquefaction, um, which is where the soil and the sand kind of becomes like water and uh, due to the shaking. Um, if you've ever looked it up, it's actually really cool. Although being in it is probably not so cool. If you can also search your county and state plus disaster or natural disaster risk or a natural disaster map, you may have a county site that allows you to put in your home or work address because that's another thing you're going to want to look at is the routes that you take to and from work and other places. 
and see what the list of possible disasters and their likelihood is for that area. Generally, these searches also yield historical disasters and what they did and how they affected the area. So um, awareness of potential is really what you're looking for. And if it's happened in the past, there's a greater potential that it will happen in the future. So once you have an idea of that list and kind of an accurate assessment of what your risks are, it's not perfect. Like, I don't believe where I lived was listed. It didn't have wildfires as a list and a risk for where I lived. Yet last year we were evacuated for wildfires and it was a very real risk to our entire town. And we saw places where I live, I live in Oregon, where there were entire towns that disappeared um, due to wildfires that they probably did not expect that as it wasn't a, a likely risk as well. Um, so once you've, once you've got that list of possible risk, both done by professionals and by your own research, and um, understanding of the area where you live, you're going to have a much clearer idea of what you are preparing for and what that those needs might be so that you can, can prepare with a purpose, um, with a vision and an understanding that's very specific to what you need. So like I talked about at the beginning, as a mom preparing for a vacation, I'm going to look at where we're planning on going, where are we staying, uh, what are we going to do while we get there, what is the weather likely going to be like. I tend to watch the weather forecast when we go on vacation for about a week or two beforehand to get an idea of what what's the most likely we're going to deal with so I know what we need to pack. I'm going to look at food. If we're going camping, I'm looking at where are the likely grocery stores, what other, I, I'm very meticulous in my planning. But because of those things, our vacation runs more smoothly because I'm better prepared for what we might face. Now, my husband might give me a bad time occasionally because he's like, why did you pack all these extra jackets? Well, there have been plenty of times where it looked like we wouldn't need those jackets. And then there's that random Pacific Northwest rain that comes in on a camping trip. And suddenly no one's complaining that I packed extra jackets that didn't seem like they were necessary. But I've learned living here in the Pacific Northwest it's going to rain. At some point, you're going to run into rain on a camping trip. So different things like that, that just become, that just make life easier. And that's really the, the goal and the purpose. You're not trying to be prepared perfectly for everything. You're trying to be practical about what you can actually be prepared for. So that when the disaster hits, you're really just mitigating what you're going to have to run, you know, what you're going to have to jump through what you're going to have to deal with. Um, if you are, you know, live in cold weather and you have a 72 hour kit and you know, you're likely to have half of your year be colder weather, but you don't pack a jacket or, you know, cold weather clothing into your bag, then that's just another thing you're going to have to try to figure out in the moment. So trying to figure out what are the little things that you can mitigate now so you don't have to do it later. That way you can focus on on the big stuff because you've 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 controlled and taken care of what you actually have the power to control. Um the serenity prayer, wonderful prayer. Uh really we're just and when it comes to preparedness, we have to use that same viewpoint. What is it we can actually be prepared for realistically? 
what is within our ability to control, what is within our ability to manage, what is within our ability to cope with. And then we move in that direction. And understanding that, you know, you might get some basic preparations in. Be like, this is all I can do at this time. And that's okay. You know, and you might be going, I, I'm not really sure how we're going to handle this part of that risk. That's all right. You can manage you do what you can, and then eventually you can add to that, and then you can add a little more to that. But having that idea, you know, which, because you can then go through that list that we just made, hopefully you just made, and you can go, okay, which ones are the most likely? Those are the ones that are going to take the priority. Once you feel like, okay, we've got everything we need to handle that, what's the next most likely thing that we're going to have to deal with? Okay. Let's do that. Or you can look at it from another perspective of what preparations can I put into place that will cover the most of these of this list in some way, shape, or form. So for me, I would say, you, you know, having a basic 72-hour kit is going to cover any kind of evacuation, any kind of disaster. It's great. Having what I call a to-go box, um, and we'll cover all of these in later podcasts, those are all going to be things that cover multiple different disasters. Having a family emergency plan covers multiple different disasters. So, you know, it's kind of like, I guess, to use another analogy, if you haven't realized, I like those. Um, You know, when you go to pay off debt, you make a list of your debts, figure out which one has the highest interest rate, which one has the lowest interest rate, which one has the highest payment, which one has the highest debt, and then you decide which one you're going to deal with, and then you can snowball right? Until eventually you're out of debt. Same kind of thing. We're, no one is really able to prepare for everything. So we prepare for what we can, the best that we can, and then we just keep adding to that until we get to a place where hopefully we feel like, okay, I think I can handle most of this. And yet realistically know that there are going to be things that are outside of your control, but you've done the best that you can. And you give yourself a high five and say, good job. I've I've done everything that I can, or I'm trying to do what I can, and we're going to have faith that whatever comes, we're going to make it through. And that's really where resilience comes in, and that's why your preparations are so intrinsically linked with your emotional and your spiritual state, which we'll talk about in our podcast next week, and is one of my favorite topics. Um, And so that's your homework, If you were just listening to this and you weren't able to write anything down, your job is to make that list. Go through the Google searches. Go through your memory. Think about what's happened in your area historically that you know is likely to happen again. I encourage you to take some time. Pray about it. The Lord knows all things. So he's going to be more than happy to give you some inklings in what direction and what things you need to work on. But getting that list together is really the beginning of being able to do some careful and practical planning and preparing so that you can move in the right direction. Um, Now, I want you to hold on to this list, put it in a safe spot, because we're going to do more with this this list, because this is what we're going to refer back to as we do our family emergency planning. As we start preparing your 72-hour kits, you're going to use this to, to be a reference for when you go sit down and figure out what needs to be in your kits and what what kind of supplies you need to have on hand 
in your home for all these different things that we're going to be preparing ourselves for. That way you're not trying to do it on the fly and trying to, what what was it that I remember, you know, was, was likely and how was that more likely than this one? Um, so today your homework, write it down, prioritize it, you know, which one are the most likely kind of put a little star or asterisk next to it, whatever you need to do to let yourself know that like, these are the ones I really feel like I need to focus on getting prepared for, or are the most likely to happen. And put that list in a safe spot so that we can come back to it, um, hopefully in about two weeks. And when we pick up our conversation on this particular topic, but I want to cover another one before we get into the nitty gritty, because it's so incredibly important. But thanks for joining me for this week's conversation. Thanks for joining the conversation this week and joining me on the preparedness journey. Remember, doing something is better than nothing. I look forward to chatting with you all next week on the Practically Prepared podcast. Make today a great day.